0: Welcome to the Trinity Galewood Podcast. Here you'll find teachings, sermons, discussions, and additional content all related to what's going on here at Trinity. Trinity Galewood is located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago, and we meet Sundays bi-weekly at 1030 AM. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood Podcast. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you uh, for this day, Lord, we thank you for the words of hope that you bring. Uh, God, I just pray that as we dig into your word, as we hear once again about the promises that you bring, may we just hear them in light of our past, and may they, uh, may they shape us in a new way. It's all in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So, today uh, we are doing this, uh, starting this series entitled Mirror, Mirror. And it's going to be a short little series uh, focusing on identity. And when we look at a mirror, uh, for some of us that might be a very intimidating thing. I'm not going to have you raise your hand if you're in that group here, all right? But for some of us, we kind of avoid mirrors often because of what it reveals. And there's no doubt that the mirror shows what is actually there. But in this series, as you can kind of see by the graphic here, our hope and intention is that you wouldn't just see what the mirror is showing, but you would see what God sees. That you would see something new. You would see something that God is doing. And today we're going to focus on that in looking at Not only our past, but how God shapes our past, but as well our future. And I don't know about you, but uh, I'm kind of, uh, (laughs) I kind of get into these weird, like, television shows. And I am a sucker for, like, really bad dating television shows. Yeah, so... uh, Raise your hand if you've ever seen uh, this show. It's on Game Show Network. It's called uh, Baggage. Anybody ever seen this show before? All right, all right. So uh, let me inform you. It has, yes, Jerry Springer is the host, all right? And, uh, and Jerry, this is how the game show works. He, uh, it's a dating show, so there's one contestant, and uh, he or she has the option of three different people that they get to choose from. Alright, and all you know of that of those three people is what they look like, and they bring like three pieces of baggage, literally, baggage, to the stage. And so it kind of looks like this here. They're standing in front. You don't know really anything of what they do, who they are, or anything to that effect. But what happens is they reveal one piece of baggage at a time, starting with the smallest. So, for example, like this guy right here, his small piece of baggage was that I still play with my Transformers, all right, which is very fitting for that individual if I were to guess, right? Like, it's the baggage that he holds onto, and as I was, like, Google imaging some of this stuff, I didn't see any more pictures of him, so I'm pretty sure he got eliminated in this round, uh, because it was, I don't want that baggage, or as it keeps going, other examples would be like this. I eat a whole stick of butter. Yeah, my wife just said she's probably from Texas. All right? It's a low blow right there. So, yes. All right? Or something like this. As the baggage keeps going, it's that I spoon feed my puppies at restaurants. Noticing the dog that is throwing up on the side there, right? Right? And it goes from just kind of small lily, like, little silly quirks to like some pretty intense things. The last piece of baggage is the largest piece of baggage. And uh, for example, this one right here, this lady's baggage was, I broke off three engagements, but kept the rings. <laughs> and one person stands up there and they get revealed these pieces of baggage. And, and it's in that moment that they make this decision, this choice. Like, is this amount of baggage too much for me to handle? Does this baggage lead me away from like having a future with this person? And for me, as I'm watching this terrible television show, it got me thinking, like, like what ultimately shapes us as people? Is it just our past and the mistakes that we have made? Or is it our future and who we hope to become? What what makes us who we are? And see, each contestant, as they look at the person in front of them, they are making that decision and choice right there. Is your past too much for me to take on? Or does your future outweigh the past mistakes that you have made? See, the answer to the question of what shapes you is no doubt both. And your past makes you who you are. It has shaped you and molded you to be the person that you have become. And it's interesting when we think about our past, we think about like the events that have happened in our life and some just like really stand out. And when I say those words baggage, you probably think of some like events in your life that were critical that have shaped and molded you. Uh, For me, something I think is relatable with this is I remember vividly, September 11, 2001, I remember exactly where I was in that moment, when that horrific thing happened. I was sitting in math class in high school in Minnesota, and at the time, the teacher had to roll a TV in on a cart, all right, and had the antenna, and like tuned in, and we sat and watched, horrified of what was happening and going on. It is in my mind because it's attached to emotion. Attached to this thing of like, am we ever going to fly in an airplane again? But what's interesting about who we are as people is that if you were to ask me what happened on August 11th of 2001, I would probably tell you that I ate some food. I don't know, played a sport or something like that. See, when our past is tied to something emotional, it vividly shapes who we are. And that's why in our lives we recognize, we recognize that broken relationships shape us. Pain of the past. If you've ever had somebody betray you or cheat on you, it hurts, and it affects not only you but the future relationships that you have as well. I, this is kind of silly, but it's, it's part of like my family. My son, Malachi, when, when he was a little baby, when he was born, uh, we had a dog. His name was Ozzy. He was a little Yorkshire Terrier. He uh, just was like our first kid in a sense. And he was very possessive of Gretchen, my wife. And so when Malachi was born, I remember the day when he was laying on the ground and Ozzie took the opportunity to bite Malachi. And Malachi just started screaming as a young little infant. It was something that was in his mind that he would remember still to this day. Now Ozzie is not a part of our family anymore. And shortly after that, Ozzie found a new home, right? But, but to this day, if you were to see my son and he, and he would see a dog, his first reaction is to step back. See, there's something about us in our past that shapes and molds us in who we are. But at the same time, we must understand that our baggage can shape us in healthy and hurtful ways for our future, it can be crippling to us, but also leads us into relationships that we have. And it's because of that that I'm very thankful for, for our text here today. This text of this guy, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah was um, a prophet of the Old Testament. If you've been here, around here, this is one of my favorite passages in Jeremiah 29. So I want to look at it from a different angle today. Jeremiah being a prophet meant that he was one that was uh, sent by God to go and speak some words on God's behalf. Talk about a job description. What a huge responsibility. And Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. He's kind of an emotional guy. He's he's very blunt in what he has to say. And in fact, the prophecy that he brings, the words that he brings are, are real and honest. And what he has to address is some baggage that has been brought into the relationship between God's people and himself. And so we read that Jeremiah, in the beginning of his prophecy not only just starts with hard words, he doesn't. He reminds them that that he, God, has called his people Israel, my beloved bride. The description that we have of this relationship between God and his people is one of marriage. He says, we are on good terms. I love you dearly. This is Jeremiah 2.2. Like I have chosen you to be my bride. But some baggage was brought into the relationship. Look at these words here in Jeremiah 3, 19 through 20. It says this. How would I set you among my sons and give you a pleasant land, a heritage most beautiful of all nations? And I thought you would call me my father and would not turn from following me. Surely as a treacherous wife leaves her husband. If you don't know what treacherous means, it's not a good description, all right? Surely, as a treacherous wife would leave her husband, so you have been treacherous to me, O house of Israel. The people of God have betrayed God. And Jeremiah comes to bring this message. It's hard words. He's calling out the baggage that has been brought into the relationship. And as a result of this baggage that's brought in, he says that they would be placed in exile. They would be placed, the God's people would be placed in a foreign land These are the words that we read here this morning. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, they have been given a new ruler and the ruler is not in their favor anymore. God's people are in a foreign land. It's not a comfortable place to be. Their baggage has brought in this and, and if this, if this is just the message of Jeremiah, it's no wonder that we as people would just rather like put on a mask and not let people into our lives. If, if this is only that like Jeremiah comes to call out the, the bad things that have happened, it makes sense why we as people seem to like play this game with God. Or why we play this game with each other. If if God's response is like, you've already dug your own grave, you're done or you're getting what you deserve, it's no wonder that we as people would just pretend like we have everything together. It's no wonder that we would like pretend that, that we're just righteous and good all the time. And my fear is that for some of us as people, when we come into this place, and we see the beautiful stained glass here, we hear some really good music, We hear some decent preaching every now and again. And and we just like put on the mask and we say like I'm just going to do this and pretend like, like life is great and good. And I think we bring that mindset because we're fearful that God himself is just going to rule us and tell us that you've already dug your own grave. Jeremiah came to bring hard words, he said you would be in exile for a long time. 70 years is a long time. But in the midst of that exile, in the midst of that message that he comes to say, he has words for hope, words for a future. Look at these words. They're, they're powerful words. For thus says the Lord, When 70 years are completed, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know, tell me if you've heard this before, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God says in the midst of exile, I have plans for you, a future for you. In the midst of all of your baggage, I have hope for you. And, and these are incredible words oftentimes I fear we miss the context of it and just see it cross-stitched on a pillow and think this is just a really nice and easy thing, but instead it's really messy. In the midst of exile, God is declaring, in the midst of when your baggage is being exposed, God is saying that I have a plan and a purpose, a hope and a future for you. And, And Jeremiah would say these words, to God's people thousands of years ago, but they would be stamped by Jesus Christ. That while, yes, he was saying that you would come out of Babylon, they would be fulfilled by what Jesus Christ had done on the cross for you and me. Like, realizing all of our baggage, realizing the pain, realizing the mistakes that we have made in our life, Jesus would still come into this world to give you a hope and a future, to shape you not by the past things that you have done, but shape you by a plan and a purpose that comes through his son, by his death and his resurrection. I mean, God would say in his word Jesus would say this that I know the numbers of hairs that are on your head That's easier for some of us than others But I still have a plan and a purpose for you I still have a future even though I know all that is wrong There's a plan A hope for our future in the midst of our past. And so simply put, like, like, cool story, bro. (laughs) Like, what in the world does that mean, like, today for me? 2,000 years ago, this event happens. Awesome. Like, that's why I'm kind of at church here today. I kind of get that. I think there's two big things that play out for us here as we leave this place. The first one is, is simply this, is recognizing and trusting that I'm not defined by my past mistakes in my relationship with God. I'm not defined by the past mistakes that I have made. God's vision for me, God's understanding, how he looks at me is bigger than the past things that I have done. It's bigger than me just playing with my transformers. And that's incredibly good news for us. That in our relationship with God, he doesn't just look at the qualified. He looks at what he is going to do in your life. Now here's the thing though, that does not mean that there are not consequences to the decisions and choices that we make. That while we maybe are good with God, that that the sin or the thing that we've done that's hurt somebody else will take time for healing. But my hope and my prayer for you is that you would see that you're not defined by that mistake. That God's love is bigger than that. And that's important for us to see, to understand. It shapes and molds who we are. The author Paul, the guy that we studied throughout the summer in Romans, uh, he, he wrote these words in a different letter in Philippians. He said, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do in the midst of this good news of Jesus, one thing that I do is forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Now that word forgetting can get really messy. And in fact, in the original language, what, what Paul is saying here is he's not saying that I completely forget the the scars and the sins that have happened because you can't forget scars. They're there. The pain is still there. It cannot be completely forgotten. But what he says is, I've learned this art of not continually recalling, not continually holding that against someone. I'm learning the art of straining forward, and looking into the future as well. But the second piece of this that we have to understand, and something that I hope that we can grasp with as our church, is that because of this good news, I trust God with my future. I trust God to what he promises. I trust God above even what I desire and want at times too. It's interesting in, in the show Baggage. At the very end, as the contestant like decides of the three people who they would like and to go on this romantic getaway and all sorts of stuff like that, at the end of the show, the person who is chosen then gets to choose that person. Because the person who is choosing the others also has a big piece of baggage. And the show ends at the very end here with that person revealing what their big baggage is. And I love this. Because today for us, we must understand that while God's baggage is not that he is sinful and wrong, he is pure and holy in what he does. But to be a Christian today, to follow Jesus, will make you weird at times. To to love the unlovable. To give grace to those who don't deserve it to expand your comfort zone and not just be satisfied with loving those who look like you, to stand up for justice and truth when it's not the popular thing to do, that comes with some baggage. And that is tough to do. And my hope for us as a church is that we would recognize not only what God says to us and that he accepts our baggage, but that we too, that as we study his word, as we meet as a community, as we wrestle with grace and and struggling with loving people, as we reach out to neighborhoods and friends and family, may we recognize that we too do that, not because it's easy and comfortable, but we do that because we know that that's what it looks like to follow God. That's what it means to accept his baggage as well. It's good news but it's an incredibly challenging thing to do. And my hope today for us is that we would see that we are not just defined and shaped by our past, but we are shaped by the future and how God sees it. The plan and purpose that he has for all his people. And My hope would be that you would join us in that journey as we wrestle and straying forward in doing so. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are a God who sees beyond our past, yet also sees our future. And that, that, is, that is crazy at times to understand, to grasp. So God, I pray for those here today that are feeling just weighed down with, with past things, I pray that there would just be freedom brought by your son. Freedom in knowing that you're a God who loves the unlovable. But God, I also pray for those who, who are just wrestling with maybe being a chameleon and trying to, trying to mold to just be liked, God, may we be a, a people who, who follows you, who studies your word, who takes what you say seriously, especially as that calls us to be bold in our faith and to be courageous in all that we do. God, may we be equipped by your spirit to go and do that here in this place and in the places that you have called us to be. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus gives us some incredible gifts, and one of those gifts is his body and blood through the Lord's Supper. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread And he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup and after taking a drink, he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and drink, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me do you believe that jesus in spite of our baggage still came to this world to bring grace and mercy to those who trust in him because of his death and resurrection and say yes i believe, yes, I believe. and do you believe that jesus is present in this meal That when he says, my body and my blood, he means my body and my blood, which brings forgiveness of sin. Then say, yes, I believe. Then welcome to the Lord's table. And may you be reminded of not your past baggage. But may you be reminded here again today of the future and the plan that God has given through his son, Jesus. Amen. Today for communion, the way we will do this is I'll invite this side to come up first. And you can come forward for communion as you would like. And then we will move to this side. And after that, we will have our time of offering as well.